It doesn't. You're not going to be able to skip over it. The way it goes is you crawl, you walk, then you run. You don't go straight into running. Peak performers know that because they have went through the process. They probably tried to find the magic pill or a way to skip the process. It goes in that order. Crawl, walk, run. No skipping steps. You can accelerate the process, like I said, in certain ways. But that means you have to get your biology to work for you. Biology scales. That's one thing that does. Certain things do not. Like your personality. It's not really a scalable thing. If you're an introvert or you're an extrovert, well, you're kind of stuck in those positions. Those are extremely hard to change. Well, what about the neurobiology? Like how much dopamine and serotonin, norepinephrine, um, endorphins do you produce or do you maybe have low receptor counts in your brain? There's not much you can do. You can alter it slightly, but these are already things that are set. Do you have PTSD, depression, anxiety? Any of these variables takes trial and error to work with, making it all an art, not a science to work with. Biological factors can pretty much be changed across the board, but your personality or identity is somewhat set. So it's an art to apply principles to your biology, to you personally, so you can reach your highest peak state. Focus and attention are your gateway into peak performance. Make friends with your brain and your nervous system because they control everything. Okay, and after the focus and the attention, gateway becomes flow. And that is where all things are possible. Everything flies off the scale if you can achieve a flow state. Let's stick with tips for focus for now. Do your hardest work in 60 to 120 minutes of uninterrupted concentration so that you can focus. Aha, uh-huh, you get it? You can make this happen. Practice distraction management. Now, this can be for work. This can be for something you love, or maybe you're training or practicing, whatever it is. It doesn't always have to be sports or artwork. It could be um, for your daily job. You can use this across the board. Do your hardest work in 60 to 120 minutes of uninterrupted concentration. Just think about it this way. To compare, in sleep, rapid eye movement or REM comes in 90-minute blocks, and then you fall out of it. 
gives you some of the deepest states of sleep that you get in. And some of the most repetitive work that your body does is during REM. But it doesn't do it for four hours. It does it in blocks. 90 minutes. So, structure your life in blocks. Structure what you're doing, what you're focusing, what you are putting your attention on in blocks. If you don't structure what you are doing in blocks of attention, focus, and productivity, you'll nosedive. Like we talked about earlier, your brain uses so many fucking calories. If you are intensely paying attention, focus, and productivity, and it's all being thrown at, at one thing, if you go past that 60 to 120 minutes of uninterrupted concentration, then you start noticing you get distracted. Your attention gets pulled away. Your focus is gone. You notice everything but what you should be paying attention to. Employers don't seem to get this, but they don't know the science. So, you normally have jobs where you work eight to ten hours a day and you get three breaks. I'm sorry, three breaks. So, you'll have a full day's work where you get two 15-minute breaks and a 30-minute break for lunch. Generally, you're being thrown into blocks of extended attention, focus, concentration, productivity for too long of a period of time, and it actually makes you less effective as a worker. More small breaks actually helps you be more productive. It increases your focus and your attention. So if you can do this on your own, great. Maybe you can do it at your job, and it's not going to be something where you have a supervisor or somebody bitching you out. Maybe you can do it because you're at home working. Or maybe you can do it because your job is you're an MMA fighter and you're trying to learn some new moves. 60 to 120 minutes, take a break. Find out where your sweet spot is when you start losing attention and focus, when your brain starts to wonder. It means you need a break. Maybe you need to take in a little bit of some calories or you just need to wander with your mind onto something else for a little while. 10 to 20 minutes. 10 to 20 minute breaks. Now, for some reason, what I've looked into here, for creative work, two to four hour blocks seems to be best. Now, for creative work, like you're doing art, you're doing music, um, maybe you're uh, a writer or a comedian, or something of this nature where there's an art to what you're doing. For some reason, creatives, their brain seems to be geared for longer blocks, like two to four hours. Now, why would that be? Maybe 
in my assumption, creatives are more in tune with what they're doing. There's more passion. A very, very important word, passion. They're more passionate about their work. You know, it's not they're going to the nine to five and they don't give a fuck about. They actually like what they're doing, which means they can easily give more focus and attention to what they're doing for longer because they like what they're doing. So for creative work, limit yourself at two hours to four hours. And then take your break. And this is all scientific stuff that I am researching from the Flow Institute through Stephen Cutler. He's wrote many books on flow. I would recommend you check out Stephen Cutler if you want to learn more about the science behind attention, focus, and flow. So, Jay, what the fuck is a flow state? Well, let's get into that then. What is a flow state? It's an optimal state of being. Well, optimal how? It's where we feel our best. We perform our best. More specifically, you become ultra-focused. You get lost in the task at hand. Four to five hours can seem like 15 minutes when you're in fucking flow. The world seems to disappear. Your sense of self or your ego, it fades and disappears. Performance, mentally and physically, are at a peak. Flow often comes from automation from a, of the task that you are doing. Automation means you've done it enough to where subconsciously you know how to do it. Then you can get artistic and play with how you're doing it. You can think about different ways of doing the task at hand. Because it is so easy for you. Like, think about driving a car. Most people drive cars so much, they literally will drive from point A to point B and forget the trip in between because it's so mundane, it's so boring, you don't even think about it. You can eat, you can make phone calls, you can play with your sound system, um, you're doing all sorts of other shit that you shouldn't be doing while you're driving because it's so easy and boring. Gas pedal, brake, shifting gears, traffic lights, stop signs, people running across the road, and you're fucking around doing a million different things instead of paying attention. But you've done it so many times, it's automation. The task is subconsciously almost inherent in you to where you can do it without paying attention. When you learn certain skills well enough, that's just the way it is. They become automatic. Your central nervous system becomes your ally. It's working with your brain subconsciously. Then you know your biology is working for you instead of against you. 
automation of any task is what we want. It would be wonderful if everything subconsciously became a program running in the background to where we could do other things or think outside the box or artistically, creatively think of other ways to do things with the task in hand or maybe something else. Not always the case, though. But there's an example with the driving for you. Flow amplifies biomarkers in anyone that accesses it. Scientifically, flow has been studied. What does it increase? Productivity. Yes. Through the roof, you produce more. Your motivation. Fucking fly through the roof. You're extremely motivated. Creativity. More ideas. Better ideas. Expansion of the mind, innovation, different thinking, accelerated learning. You will be able to pack more into your brain, file it away, store it quicker. Empathy with your fellow human beings. You relate to them, you understand them, you feel for them deeper and better than you do in a normal state. Your awareness is heightened. Every sense you have is at a peak state. Strength goes up. You are stronger in close states. Your stamina goes up too. Fast twitch muscle response is higher. And you release endorphins that deaden pain. Wow. That is a lot of biological amplification that flow states can allow you to dial in. From a normal state, flow state can take you, get ready for this, from 500 to 700% above a normal state of being. That is why peak performers learn to access flow states. Because they don't want to stay in their normal state. Period. Once you learn about flow states, once you access flow states, you want to be able to reaccess and jump into a flow state whenever possible. Now, I'm not crazy, but don't we all want to be able to jump into flow states? For whatever, not just for people playing sports and the artistic people out there, for everybody. You can get into a flow state during dialogue or delivering a speech or working at your job. You just gotta learn how to do it. It's not easy, it may take a little effort. And if you've never entered a flow state in your life, good God, I feel sorry for you. I believe that everybody's entered flow states, especially during the childhood, for sure. Because flow states come easy when you're a child. Your imagination, your focus, your creativity, all those things that are markers that keep you into flow states come easily when you're in your childhood. 
as we become adults, we nullify these things and almost become robotic. It's like they're programmed to by school and government and everything else. Being more childlike actually makes it easier to get access to a space. Just like that. Don't want you crawling around on the ground and shit your doctor or nothing. That's not going to get you in a full state. No shitty doctors. So, flow states have triggers. Flow follows focus. We talked about that. So, what are some triggers? Clear goals. Have clear goals in your life about what you're trying to do. Clear concentration. Try and push away any distractions from yourself. Practice distraction management. Get the shit out of your face, away from you that's going to distract you. Your phone is one of the biggest fucking distractions there is. Get away. Challenge. Skills. Balance. Example, stretch like a rubber band, but don't break the fucking rubber band. Push yourself to the uncomfortable zone. Flow tends to show up when you are challenged. If things are easy, they can make you lose interest or attention. Sometimes you may multitask or just be thinking elsewhere. Well, that's not going to help you find flow. What are some other triggers? Curiosity. Are you curious about what you're involved in? If not, that could be a problem. Passion. Passion always tends to find flow. If you're at work, that's hard to find passion for what you're doing. These things all the tied in focus and flow, curiosity, passion. Purpose. Again, you're going to tell me, I'm, I'm at work, I'm trying to find flow. Maybe you're not going to find flow at work. You can try. This one definitely goes against the 9 to 5 grind. Autonomy. Being able to call your own shots, do what you want to do, be your own human being, make your, be your own boss, call your own shots. That's autonomy. That helps you find flow. And then, of course, mastery. If you're at a nine-to-five job, you can find mastery because you do this shit over and over again. If you're trying to learn golf or be a painter or be a better guitarist, mastery takes practice. So keep trying. Keep playing. Keep doing. Keep drawing. Keep painting. These things will help you find mastery. You know what I find flow in? I'll just give an example. I find flow even in working out. But I have mastered working out. I'm not saying that I am the fucking master because there's always more to learn. But the things I do know where I'm involved in them, say, is a deadlift. I have mastered the form. 
and I know a certain weight is going to give me a certain stress on my body. It's going to push me. So I will try to make it as difficult as I can to take me just a little bit past where I'm comfortable. And I'll take a couple deep breaths and I'll get real focused and pay close attention to what I'm doing, my breathing, gather up my oxygen, get ready, get my grip just right, get my stance just right. And by the time I've done all these things mentally, I'm in the zone. You'll access a flow state like this, and then boom, I'm going to the lift. I'm pushing myself, I'm past my comfort zone. I'm focused. There's nothing else in the world that matters. Everything else disappears in that moment. I'm gone. It's just me and that bar and the weight on the sides, and I will fucking win. I had made that up in my head before I started the lift. If you look in my eyes, I probably look like a mass murderer. The intensity and the focus. The grunting. Sometimes maybe I scream. I could scare some people. But I can't let flow. I also find flow from things that are artistic. Drawing. If I sit down and start drawing, I've been an artist since I was a kid. I could lose hours drawing or playing my guitar. I've done that since I was a kid. I can lose hours doing that because I get into it. My focus, my attention, everything about me is it's lost in the midst of what I'm doing at the moment. Primarily flow activities can be very much relatable to what you love doing as a kid or what you love doing as a hobby. These are examples of probably things that will pull you into flow, like dancing, sports, any kind of art or music. And if you can't access flow in something that you're trying to get into flow for, maybe you need to practice entering flow states by going back and doing these things, man. Did you fucking forget that you were a kid and you had hobbies and you you had things that you loved doing when you were a kid? Think about that. Do you remember having an imagination, creating, doing things? What was it? What grabbed your attention and your focus? And the whole world disappeared. Time dilated. All of a sudden, three or four hours was gone, and your mom's screaming at you to come to dinner. Or maybe you're off playing basketball or something with your friends, and you're having such a good time, you have lost track of time, and your dad's driving around the neighborhood looking for you, and you're off on another street playing with your buddies. Oh, shit, I gotta get home. I'm gonna be in trouble. You lost track because you were in a flow state. That's what flow is. Time disappears. Peak performance arrives. You are gone. You are in the moment. Your ego, your pride, everything that seems to dominate us as adults disappeared. And you are at one, you're at peace, you're in that moment, and you are having a blast, and everything is 
tipping at the peak of the scale. You are literally pushing everything to the max, having fun, and doing what you love at the same time. That's what we need to tap back into. So reconsider what drew you in as a kid. That's one great way to look back at any hobby that you had as a kid or anything you did that you loved that you've lost now as an adult. You can start practicing those things again. Get back in touch with them to learn what the flow state is. Find out how to lose yourself in it. How to gain that awareness, that focus, and get into those zones where you can't be stopped. Where you turn into a freaking monster and you're locked in like a freaking missile on a target and you're going straight at it and there's no stopping you. But boom, you fucking win. You got it. Well, that's it. I think that covers the flow state and focus and how you can gain peak performance by applying focus and the flow state in a very general way. Maybe one day I'll dive a little deeper with you, but for right now, use what I've gave you. Take these things and do something with it. Think about it. Your neurobiology, your personality, all these things, like I said, they can be a little bit different. There's only so much you can modulate with different things. I'm big on biohacking and using um, supplements, maybe pharmaceuticals if you need to. I'm not, I'm not recommending that for anybody, but there are ways you can amplify certain things about your psychology, biology, by using pharmacology. But for the most part, there's natural ways to do everything. That's what we're trying to learn how to access. So go get them, you guys and girls and non-binary folks. Out there in wonderful podcast land, I am here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas, and it looks like a winter wonderland outside the window. I believe it's like 19, no, it's not 19 degrees, it's lower than that. It's like freaking, let me just look real quick so I don't lie to you. 14 degrees. We don't get this weather very often, and a constant snow drift is blowing by. I mean, it's not a blizzard, but it looks like it outside. I've never seen snowfall like this. We call them for eight inches. In Texas, that's hardcore. I know if you're from somewhere else in the world that up north in America or you're from another country, you're laughing at me. But this is a Texas blizzard. So, if you're down south with me, stay warm, stay safe. No matter where you're at, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. As always... Radio review show if you're listening. Um, recommend to your friends and family. And consider stopping by the anchor page for only $1 a month.
not consider these episodes as medical advice or expertise in any area. I do deconstruct some experts and their material and deliver it to you, but please do all of this at your own risk.